Welcome to episode number 143 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. My name is Cole Ross, and I am joined via Skype today by... Ben Merkel. And it's just the two of us. Yep. We can make it if we try. It's going to be a romantic podcast. <laughs> very intimate, very, very personal. Uh, too, too bad it's not Valentine's Day podcast. <laughs> hey, you know, one month we can prepare. We can prepare. Or three weeks, I don't know. I don't have anything to mark that by. Uh, no calendars. Definitely not looking at a calendar right now. Um, but what do we have in store for you? Going to have another kind of lax conversation about the news. No real quick hit worthy stuff, but just a bunch of uh, current event detritus that we want to clear up. Some game, you know, game announcements, some uh, hardware stuff. You know, nothing, 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 nothing big. And then we're going to round out the show uh, by talking about what we have been playing. So, is that yep. agreeable to you, Ben? Sounds great. Well, let's get to it. Okay, so uh, I think the big news this week is Resident Evil Six. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you haven't, if you haven't seen this, you can go and you know hit up YouTube, and I'll probably put it in the show notes as well. Uh, there's a reveal trailer um, that's about uh, three minutes and thirty seconds long, something like that. It's um, a long one. It's a, it's a pretty it's pretty long for a trailer. Um, yeah. It shows it shows a lot of stuff, and there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on in this game too. Um, as far as playable characters go, I see Leon, I see mm -hmm. Chris, and I see some other dude, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure who. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah, should we get in the heat of it? Should we talk about this? Yeah, let's let's go, let's let's, let's, go, let's go into it, man. All right, yeah. yeah. What do you think? I think that it looks really cool. Um, I'm I'm happy that they're bringing Leon back, and you know, it's always good to see Chris again. My worry is that they're going too big, too fast. Okay. Because yeah. because some of the details that they that they've put out saying that like it's going to be three separate campaigns and each campaign is going to be set in a completely different location and it's going to have like the main character plus their like sidekick mm. uh, person. Um, mm. I'm 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 just wondering if maybe their eyes aren't too big for their stomachs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how about you? Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like I just need to talk about Resident Evil Four and Resident Evil Five because. Resident Evil 4 was so great because it was new, people hadn't seen it before, but also the setting added so much to it. Like, the um, the fact that, like, I don't know, the, the feeling of isolation or uh, the feeling of adventure that it evokes was so well done, um, which was not recreated in the uh, Resident Evil 5 just because I feel like it was too far-fetched, almost. Um they leaned really far in the in the direction of making it just outright hostile towards you as compared yeah. to uh that that kind of feeling of dread yeah that's that's a nice that's a nice way to put it yeah um so you know i don't know i don't know how they're going to do it it looks like uh the setting for this one is kind of apocalyptic cityscape <laughs> maybe um so I don't know. It's a question mark. If it's like Resident <laughs> Evil 5, I probably won't enjoy it that much, but I'll probably still buy it. Oh, yeah. If it's like Resident Evil 4, then I'll enjoy it, and I will have still bought it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So either way, they get your money. Pretty much, Those yeah. jackals at Capcom. Because um, they did really good with Resident Evil 4. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the series. You know, I'm a fan of the genre that they, for all intents and purposes, created. You know, so yeah. I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go crazy on it. Although I still haven't beaten Resident Evil Five. Um, that's something that I need to do. I only have like a couple of hours left on it. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of like that they're making reference to, uh, you know, it's, it's like Raccoon City all over again. Because I guess Leon's, uh, his scenario takes place in a in a in a city called like Tall Oaks or Tall Pines or something like that. <laughs> Makes me feel kind of like like Twin Peaks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But they're saying, oh, there's you know potentially seventy thousand hostels and uh, th you know things like that. So, huh. I mean, if it, maybe they'll strike the balance because you know the the Raccoon City uh, setting that was very you know obviously it's powerful there you know they said at least you know half the series there um but you know taking it there as opposed to being as exotic and weird as the uh you know the african savannah and swamps in resident evil 5 right yeah yeah um and then i guess chris's uh his thing takes place in beijing okay which is neat yeah yeah beijing's cool 
<laughs> and there's there's also going to be uh, there's going to be a uh, a creature called Javo or Yavo or something like that that uh, is kind of like the nemesis from uh, Resident Evil Three. Did you ever play that one, Ben? No, I've I played a little bit of the first one, never beat it, mm-hmm. and I've played the fourth one and okay. the fifth one. So yeah, okay, um, yeah, no, just uh, the the idea of of nemesis is it's this it's this one big indestructible enemy that chases you throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is kind of what they're trying to evoke with uh, with this one as well. Um, okay. From from a lore standpoint, I'll be kind of curious to see if they go if they go with the uh, the parasites, uh, like in Resident Evil Four or Five, or if they uh, go with uh, the 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 zombies, uh, you know, the T virus stuff, like they did in yeah. uh, the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't we'll know. See. Who knows? Might be good. <laughs> Might be good. Um, it could be good. Who knows? There are a ton of Resident Evil games coming out. I mean, at least in the next, you know, in the next year, uh, this one comes out on November 20th, my birthday. Um, (laughs) um, happy birthday, Cole. Pretty near to your birthday too. So that's good. Um, and, uh, like the Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, the one that's being developed by the SOCOM guys, that's coming out here pretty soon too. And then the, uh, the 3DS one as well. There's a lot. Huh. That's cool. And then there are three Silent Hill games coming out in March. Are you serious? I am not joking you. Not one not one bit. Uh the the Silent Hill Downpour is okay. coming out in March. Uh also Silent Hill the HD collection. That one's coming out in March too and then uh the Silent Hill Book of Memories for the for the PS Vita is coming out in March. Okay. The PS Vita one's the one that I have not heard about. Okay. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I haven't paid a lot of attention because I haven't been too keen on getting a Vita. Uh, you know, I've I've been interested, yes, um, but there there are a lot of a lot of electronics that I would want to buy before I got a PS Vita. Yeah, yeah, like so. an electric pencil sharpener. <laughs> it looks okay. It just depends on the games and stuff like that. I'd almost want to have one as much for the you know kind of the PS One Classics remote play stuff. Uh-huh. Um, as I would, you know, to have anything that was, you know, explicitly made for it. And I just, I don't understand their data pricing either. That just, it, it weirds me out. I know it's not like effectively no different than, uh, um, like paying for Xbox live, you know, cause mm-hmm. you're, you're paying to do stuff online, but it's like, they're, they're going to be charging like 30 bucks for three gigs of, of, of download or upload or something. And there's no precedent for it, so you have no idea like how much data you're going to be using outside of the home. I imagine in that kind of system, most people are going to be playing it, um, you know, in their Wi-Fi. You know, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Lots of survival horror, so that makes that makes that makes part of me happy at the very least. Also, another question: What's going to be included in the HD edition of Silent Hill? Uh, that is Silent Hill two and three. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Not bad. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of wish Silent Hill Four would get a little bit more respect, but um, I understand why people are reticent to acknowledge its existence. So, yeah, yep. <laughs> no, no arguments it's, from you. Well, it's it's like the odd cousin. It's yeah. it's a good game from what I've played of it. I haven't beaten yeah. it. No, I played the first half of it, and yep. it was good. So you've also played the second half. Uh oh! Spoiler. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like it just for the just for the story. But two and three, those are those are good. Those are games, I, and I've revisited those at several at several occasions ever you know ever since I played them initially. Yeah, um, and they still look amazing. Really, like they still look really really good, um, just because the um, the the art is so strong and um, the aesthetic that they are going for is distinct enough that it doesn't matter how how poorly it's aged. I'd say the only thing about the about it that doesn't look good is the you know is the fact that they're still in standard def. So I you know all that they would have to do is make the textures HD and they would be fine. There's not a whole lot they need to fix. Also, widescreen is nice too. So that was definitely a purchase for me. That and uh, and downpour. And Mass Effect Three. Yeah, March is March is going to be a real fracas. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so that's why I have to get through the backlog before then. How's the how's the clogging going? Uh the clogging's going okay. Um we'll we'll get to this in the we'll get to this in the in the you know what have, what have we been, been playing? What have we been playing? What you've been I've, clogging? I, I, <laughs> I have uh I've gotten I've gotten some uh some petition from from somebody whose opinion I respect that we should probably 
um, change the segment of the title from what you've been playing to what have you been playing? Really? Because every other game podcast does a what you've been playing. Oh, uh, do they they do the cha cha? Yeah, they 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 throw the cha in there. So, uh, such a hurry. They're in there. They're they're so uh, they're so rushed. You, wanna, you know? Yeah, you don't want to type a have. No. <laughs> what have you been playing, sir? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. That's okay. We, we'll try it out. Let's let's push it. <laughs> An even even more formal in, uh, direction. Okay. Let's make it as formal as possible. <laughs> okay. How, I mean, help me, sir. I pray thee. <laughs> what hast thou been playing? Well, with my with my backlog um, explorations, um, I have gone straight from one Nolan North game to another Nolan North game. Okay. Um, I beat Uncharted two, um, which was as amazing as everybody had indicated it would be. You, you know, without without getting too spo- spoilery, because you know the that, that's that game is all about the story. That uh, that whole last you know segment, everything that you said about the voice actor carrying the game, you know, uh, basically all the voice actors carrying it, yeah. definitely definitely holds true. Yeah, um, yeah, they did a solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a solid job. So we are we are we officially in what hast thou been playing territory? Or are yeah. we okay? Why not? So we made the we made the switch. We made the switch. You didn't With notice no that. Intro. No. Where's the intro? It's whatever. And people know what they people know what they're doing. All right, yeah, forget about yeah. The intros. I don't yeah. like them anyway. Yeah, let's get rid of it. <laughs> let's do it. Come on. We're just we're just we're just flowing with it. Come on. Yeah. I, I put in a little music break back there. And right. we're talking about what we've been playing. It's All right, good. Cool. All right. Yeah. So so what did you think about Uncharted 2? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Um I I don't I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how different my opinion would be if if, if it was all the cutscenes strung together. Um, <laughs> be, wow, that was a really funny movie. It was oh great. yeah, I got to play some stuff in there too. Yeah, yeah. I, it was it was just one of those things where it, it, I wouldn't call it irritating because irritating has a little bit too much of a too much of a connotation. Uh, maybe like a nuisance. Okay, irritant. Let's just call it an irritant because it's not. It's, it's not painful, and it's not like I was like, oh, gosh. It kind of felt like any given um, gameplay segment, so think either you know a shooting sequence or a climbing sequence or something like that, okay. it kind of felt like it was about 5% too long. <laughs> yeah, just a touch too long. Yeah. Perhaps. And it was some like, the, go ahead. I was going to say, some of the shooting and stealth uh, moments do drag on, just because... The AI is incredibly unfair at times, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So I can understand that. Yeah. And and it makes me it makes me wish uh, you know, that, that thing about having everything strung together, that's that that's kind of a joke. But that's what they're doing with Mass Effect three. Really? You you have different modes that you can play Mass Effect three in. Okay. So there's um there's regular, which is just like it's always been, which is gameplay and story kind of combined. Um, there, there's, there's action where you're doing the shooting, but you know, all of the dialogue stuff is kind of done automatically for you. So they have like a default path. That's like the canonical story that you can go through. And then, and then there's story, which it, 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 you know, you don't skip shooting entirely, but it makes it incredibly difficult for you to die. Okay. So you get kind of a taste of what, uh, of, of, you know, what the, action sequences look like you know because there's you know there's nice set pieces and things like that um which it's interesting you know there's a little bit of like a like an outcry because people on the on the internet are stupid um you know it's like they're ruining the game why are they making it so you can skip one thing or the other you know it should just be a pure expression no it's no (laughs) (laughs) i like it because um after that first playthrough if I want to go back through and see how the story would shake out from a different perspective or with different choices, you do the still, dialogue option. Yeah, yeah, you do the dialogue option, so you don't get hung up on like, okay, I'm, I'm I, you know, because I'm bad at video games. This is the fifth <laughs> time that I've done this, you know. So I kind of wish that they had that option for Uncharted too, because it really is carried by by, by Mr. North. It, it's it really is. Yeah. Um. You know, to just to a, to a staggering degree, and you know, Elena and Chloe, uh, every everybody, even Flynn. I like Flynn. He's a he's a good villain. You know. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't bad, and Sully's good. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. a little bit heartbroken. I don't, I don't, you know, again, not to be spoilery, you don't see a lot of Sully in the second half of the game. I, I was gonna say we can we can spoil this up, man. This game is two years old. Yeah, yeah, 
Okay. People should have played it by now. Yeah. So uh, if you if you don't if you don't want to you know have have Uncharted ruined for you, maybe skip forward about five minutes. But yeah. Yeah. No. All right. So yeah. Now let's let's just talk about everything. What did you th- like? What was, what were the high points of the game for you? Um, I really like the Himalayas. Um, yeah. from, you know, just like as a, as a setting and the, you know, the, the kind of the, the Tibetan, you know, Buddhist kind kind, kind of feel, you know, one of my favorite books is set in that area. So going into Snow this, Leopard? yes, exactly. Um, go, going into this, I didn't know that it was set in the Himalaya. Like I just went into it completely blind, um, as yeah. to what that was. Um, so I, I was pleasantly surprised and that was really kind of driven home. Uh, there's one segment where you are walking through a Tibetan village. Exactly the way they introduce the the setting to you, right? Mm-hmm. Where where you're just walking around and talking to people, yeah, <laughs> and petting cows or goats or petting yeah, what and, I don't and, know. What and you kick the, you kick the soccer ball back to the kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. All of that. It just it was it was a really excellent instance of just you know let's let's build the setting and 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 flesh it out as much as possible. Exactly. Um, and then it makes it all the more heartbreaking when you come back and you know it's a war zone. Yeah, and you're fighting through it. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, excellent game design right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it and it really drives home how far they fell when they made Uncharted Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, man. And it, and it was it was perfect too because uh, it was a nice break in the pace because you had just finished the train uh, portion of mm-hmm. the game, which, which was, like was three chapters long. Pretty monumental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It, I mean that. I mean, I know they focused on that part of the game a lot, and it really shows because, yeah, as you said, it's three chapters long. You start off at the uh, you know the base in this tropical area. You end up on a mountain. You shoot mm-hmm. down a helicopter. You fight a juggernaut. You know, like you do. <laughs> you know, it's it's such a well crafted part of the game. Yeah, I like I like how they kind of you know it, it's it's all really tongue in cheek. About midway through, you know, Drake he says, "How long is this train?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... yeah. Yeah, I, I liked that a lot. That 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 was good. Uh, definitely a good bit of pacing, and even even the stuff that came a little bit after that too. The uh, the mountaineering chapter. Yeah, <laughs> which it, it it shows how funny a one sided conversation can be. I mean, anybody who's a fan of uh, Bob Newhart knows knows that. But when you're you know going through these areas with this with this uh, Sherpa guy Tenzin, yeah. uh, he uh, you know it's, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of humor there as they try and communicate with each other without sharing a common language. So also, what did you think of the way they introduced the monster in in the climbing? <laughs> yep, yep. We're talking about the same the same shot, right? Yeah, where you're climbing up a mountain and then uh, the monster's head turns. Because mm-hmm. you think you think it's just something that's blocking the view, like a rock or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's a weird shot for them to linger on. Like, oh shit, it's like yeah. right there in the foreground. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was excellent way to introduce it. But then the final chapter, in my opinion, it's kind of where they jump the shark in the storyline. You know, like the crazy blue eight people and the. Lost City of Gold. I know they they have to do it, I guess, you know, for it to be an adventure game, but it just seems kind of hokey. And you know, I hate to be that guy. I, I kind of got some like um, uncomfortable racial like ping pong um, uh, f- f- feeling from that. Really? Yeah. It's like, ooh, look at these crazy people with their weird religion. Blah blah blah. They're they're monsters essentially, throwing spears at you. It's like, uh, what oh. Race? Did you associate this with like Africans or something? No, no, just uh like just like these, you know, t- Tibetan Buddhists. Like Okay. That's weird. It may, you know, again, I hate to be that guy and that might that might not be the case, but it's like, oh, they were really kind of like reverential towards the towards the whole thing up until then and it's like, oh, they're you know, they 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 drink the sap and they become monsters. Huh. I do I do like how uh, um you you play the two against each other, the uh, Lazar of X-Men and uh and the blue people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But isn't that something that's common throughout the throughout the whole series though? In all three of the games, it gets to it gets to a point where they introduce the supernatural element and yeah. uh and then it just kind of like gets weird. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and exa- yeah, they've done that in all three series and then at each time it's just like no thank you. That's yeah. you didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> could have been could have been great, you, you know. I guess they couldn't have done the story without the supernatural part because of the you know because of what Lazarevich you know, was trying to do 
with the yeah. uh, with the Chintamani stone and 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 all of that. I was kind of expecting it to shake out like uh, you know Nathan he he would like take a handful of the sap to save Elena or something like that. But yeah, no, just it's just Tibetan medicine. Yeah, she can she can walk it off. <laughs> that was sad though. I mean, just it was it was it was like this weird like anticlimax. And you know, Flynn even says, you know, this isn't the movie where the where the you know the repentant bad guy turns sides at the end. He just blows you up. Yeah, yeah. That was a good ending for Flynn's character. Yeah, just a well, just a bastard through and through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So sharp writing in that game. A couple of things I don't agree with, but overall, fantastic game. Yeah, I love it. It's a, it's definitely a must play. I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy that I did that. Now go ahead and not play the other two games. <laughs> just in your mind, just say, yeah, they're probably that good, but uh, they're not, so don't play them. <laughs> so you know? don't, don't, don't ruin that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll take your word for it. I, just, I, I, know, I know that Dennis would probably say otherwise, but, you know. Yeah. No. Oh, well. So, I mean, I think that's all that I have to say about that. Um, the the Nolan North game that I went to um, afterwards was Assassin's Creed Revelations. Okay. Who does he? Whose voice does he do in the game? He plays the uh, the modern day main character, Desmond Miles. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, not as well as he plays Drake. Um, I don't think he's a bit more serious in it. Also, question: yeah. Does he do the voice in Saints Row too? Saints Row Three. Burr. What I thought he did one of the male voices, like the first male voice. Let me let me I, hit up the Internet Movie Database. I know you do the British voice. <laughs> it, I guess from the sounds of it, he just does voices for everything, it seems like. Way to go, that guy. No, he's he's prolific, is what he is. Yeah. Nolan North. Who's this, who's this lady on this front page? Is it with red hair? Yeah. Under Sundance film. Christina Hendricks, there we go. Yep, knew it. Okay, sorry. I was I was I was captivated. Um No, no, he wasn't. He he was in uh he, he oh wow, he was the he was the penguin in uh, Arkham City. Yeah, I just saw that. Wow. <laughs> wow. We should we we should close this window right away and uh play play a game of was Nolan North in this or not? Yeah. <laughs> Are you did you see Portal Two? Who did he play? Who did? Was he? Was he a a, a, a turret? Space core, and fat core, and adventure core. <laughs> he played all the cores. He did. Wow. Wow. This Good is impressive. On him. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. But he he did good. Um. For for Assassin's Creed, I think that. Man, it, it, he kind of exploded in the past. Like I'd say four years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. In Siphon Filter, Final Fantasy twelve. He was Vossler in twelve. Shit. Okay, this is quickly becoming not intriguing radio. Um, <laughs> but uh, man, Assassin's Creed Revelations does not lead with a good foot. Really, it it Why? doesn't. It doesn't. Um, like so, this this is like Assassin's Creed. What is this now? Like two point nine, or is this the third one officially? Yeah, two point nine, I'd say, is, okay. is, is good because uh, because uh, um, Brotherhood was two was was two dot five. Yeah, and uh, uh, this isn't quite as much of a step as as Brotherhood was. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Um, for me, Assassin's Creed is all about the setting. You know, okay. And you just like just uh, all of the Italy settings from you know in in two and and in uh, Brotherhood. Those just completely made the made the experience for me. You know. Okay. Um, but this one, even though it's set in like one of the prettiest cities and you know in, in the world, and, you know, at one of its most robust times, uh, Constantinople, um, it starts out and you play like the first hour and a half in this dreary gray, uh, s- snowy scene in the Holy Land. Okay, and it's just the the, the ugliest, worst thing ever. Okay. You know, um, and eventually you get out of it, but that is a long time to spend not dazzling me with pretty architecture and history. <laughs> well, maybe they had to do that to make the dazzling all the more dazzling. <laughs> well, uh, like, well, like in the first game, like the big reveal of the first city you go to, I, f- I even forget the name of the city, but uh, you know what I'm talking about? 
It was it was like Acre, Acre or something like that. Yeah, you turn the corner of this path and then you see this giant beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Did they reveal it like that? It didn't it didn't feel like a conscious if it didn't feel like they were consciously trying to play with contrast to me. Okay. It, it it really didn't. It felt like they were trying to say, "Ooh, you know, this is it's it's winter in the Holy Land, and here's here's Ezio, and he's you know pushing sixty, and he's he's in the winter of his life." You know, it felt like they were doing that. It just it, okay. it, it missed for me, honestly. Um, and I I get the feeling as I'm as I'm going through, and you know, I'm still in kind of like the the tutorial phase. Like every mission is trying to explain a new a, a new mechanic to me. Uh-huh. I get the feeling it's going to be a slog this time. Yeah. Um. And I, just, they've been doing annual games, and I and I almost kind of wish that they would just make them semi-annual, just make it two, you know, one every two years, or at least have you know pump the brakes until Assassin's Creed Three comes out, because they're really kind of uh, whiling away the goodwill that I have towards them. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Oh, she's holding a DS too. God. It's a 3DS. Sorry. No, Christina Hendricks. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Down, boy. <laughs> just let me close that window. Um, no, but uh, mechanically, it's it's fine. It's just really crowded. Uh, you know, in uh, in Batman Arkham City, how, how, like, you had so many gadgets that you had to, like, tap twice in a direction to get some of the... Yeah. Yeah? Did, yeah. Did, I mean, did that feel like too much to you? It got a little bit ridiculous at times, yeah. But it was nice that they had the quick feature, so that you didn't have to do that all the time. That mitigated it. Um, yeah. uh, you you've played Assassin's Creed two, right? Briefly, yes. Briefly, so you know that to select your weapons, you hold the uh, the right trigger and you select from like a radial menu. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and this one you have uh, two circles on that radio radial menu. There's so many. Items and weapons and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That just seems to be like indicative of some really, really profound feature creep to me. You know? Yeah. That's that's when you get to the point where it's like, all right, so we have all these things. Now we need to choose the best of these and keep it to one section of items, you know? Yeah. And there's there's good stuff. There's good new stuff. Like uh, um, for for narrative reasons – they take away one of his uh, one of his hidden blades, like it's broken in the first fight. Um, and so when you get to when you get to Constantinople, you're kind of the the, the leader of the assassins. Assassins there, he gives you a hook blade, which you know, we've talked about it a little bit before. But what it is, it's a hidden blade, but it has like a hook on the end of it. So and and it's spring loaded, so you can use it to uh, to traverse really really easily. So okay. you can actually like fling yourself up off over a ledge, so you can leap really long distances. Not unlike the grapnel hook or the grapnel boost from uh from uh, Batman, but you know more close hand than that. It's not like you're flying far distances. It's not a grapple hook. It's yeah. just you know a little bit a little bit of extra reach on your on your jumps. Um, and, and especially since a lot of the frustration in the climbing of uh, Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood was like jumping for something that was just barely out of reach. This helps address that without okay. giving him, you know, without making his jumping and leaping and climbing abilities more superhuman than they actually are. Yeah. Okay. That seems yeah. like a good fix. Uh-huh. One thing that I'm, that I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it because it was just introduced to me, um, is bombs. So you can make your own grenades that do different things. So like some of them are like cherry bombs that just make a little pop that lure guards and you can throw like caltrops and things like that. Uh, but the problem is there's like, you know, 300 or so variations because you craft them yourself. Okay. And it's like, give me, give me three bombs. Give me one that is used as a distraction. Give me one that is used to slow pursuers and give me one that's used as an attack. Okay. That's it. That's all I need. I don't need to. Well, am I using Arabic gunpowder? Am I using English gunpowder? Is it Indian <laughs> gunpowder? I don't know. Chinese? Chinese? Ooh, Chinese is going to cost you. <laughs> so, so, so the verdict, the verdict is out on that. But Constantinople is beautiful. It's a, it's a, it's a good setting, and it's one that I've, I've kind of wished that uh, games would explore for a couple of years. And they've, uh, you know, this is the series to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you're right. That is mm-hmm. a city that has not been explored. Yeah. Just been New York, L.A. <laughs> Maybe San Francisco and, and you know, in San Andreas. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I was gonna say. San Andreas or the Grand Theft Auto series has been the only game to <laughs> explore more cities. Yeah, 
They they did a little bit of it. They did a little bit of the Mediterranean architecture in Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, um, oh, with uh, with some of those uh, with some of those cities in there. Uh, but, uh, but in general, it's all been, it's all been New York. That was one of my, that was one of my kind of like disappointments with, uh, with Saints Row the third as well, actually, was that it was just New York. You think so? Again. Eh, well, I mean, it had a Statue of Liberty. I don't know. You, you don't like Assassin's Creed though. So I'm belaboring the point. Well, yeah, I have beef with it, I guess. <laughs> can you, can you, can you briefly summarize your beef for me? It's boring. Is it? To me, oh, this, least, oh yeah. okay. I, I thought you were saying your beef was boring, but the but the game the game itself is boring. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's yeah, that's what I have problems with. No, I mean I played through uh, Assassin's Creed two, and I guess like I just don't care about Ezio at all. Like huh? I don't understand why. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I don't understand why I should support him or whatever. And I guess like I I don't even know who to root for because it's like. You're playing Desmond, who's going through these memories of somebody else, and that seems like such a uh, like. There's nothing on the line, then. You know, it's like, oh, if you die, that's just somebody's memories dying. You know, like, or you know, I don't know. There, mm-hmm. I feel like I have no uh, emotional investment in that story at all. Yeah, I will and say that, this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Because of how they tailored it, you know, because of how they set it up as you playing through somebody's memories. Okay. Yeah. Desmond, I don't really care too much about him. He just yep. kind of, you know, douche in a hoodie, <laughs> you know? Um, but I will say this in defense of Ezio. It's, it's interesting because you are introduced to him from the moment of his birth. Yeah. And one of the main reasons that I, that I kind of want to see revelations through to the end and not just kind of put it down, not, not just because of the great backlog crusade of, of 2012, but, <laughs> uh, but because I'm, I'm interested in seeing how his story ends because, yeah. you know, for good or for, for good or for ill, I've spent a lot of time with Ezio. Um, yeah. and especially into not so much in brotherhood, like brotherhood was kind of, you know, met as far as character development goes. Okay. Um, but to watch him go from being, an extra in Romeo and Juliet, essentially, you know, just kind of like a, a, a swinging rich Italian kid to mm-hmm. watching him be the, you know, just the grandmaster assassin that everybody looks up to. Um, you kind of feel like you grow with him over the course of the games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I could see, you know, yes, maybe, maybe not, but I think he does have, you know, some personality. Um, I just don't think you gave him a chance, Ben. No, no, I'm just, <laughs> It's perfectly valid, I th- and I, I think what you're saying about about Ezio is kind of how I felt about Altair in the first game. Okay, yeah. um, just because he is a personalityless uh, guy. Although I guess they gave him some character development in uh, in Revelations. So, yeah, yeah, it's when two forces collide. <laughs> um, so I have one more game that uh, I've been playing before I throw it over to you. Um, Bastion. Bastion. Oh God, Bastion. What's it so like? good. Um, if I were to compare it to anything, I would say it is like a um, it is like a more action focused Zelda without puzzle solving. Okay. Okay. Um, so pre- premise is you, you know you, you play as the kid, you wake up and uh, it's just your bedroom on a platform hanging in limbo. Um, and then, you know, as you get up, you hear a, you hear a narrator that you narrator that says, and the kid was mighty confused. He woke up, you know, <laughs> like, a, like, uh, the big Lebowski kind of, kind of, kind of feel. Um, and it narrates. Which, excellent idea for a game, by the way, <laughs> Sam Elliott as narrator. <laughs> um, and it narrates everything that happens to you. So if you fall off the edge, you know, say, yeah, the kid must've lost his, lost his footing. You know, something like better. The the voice actor on it's amazing. Um, But as you kind of like walk in the right direction, the world kind of fills in around you. Okay. Um, And it looks amazing. It has these really awesome hand or you know hand drawn uh, visuals. Um, And you start out with a hammer and a bow, and you set forth to rebuild the world. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> ambitious. Yeah. No. So, so, you know, as, as you, as you go about the narrator kind of gives you clues and there's lots of history to like what this city that you, you know, what the city in this country were, were kind of like, but uh, once you kind of get out of that first area, you're inside the bastion, which is like your hub and you're tasked with going about and collecting cores. And those cores can be used to kind of restore parts of the world. 
um, from like a, you know, moment to moment gameplay kind of perspective, you know, it's a top down, um, it's a top down action game. So, you know, you're attacking waves, of, you know, waves of enemies as they come at you. You have a dodge button, you have a, you have a defend button that'll whip up a shield and you can actually, uh, do like counters. So if you, if you, um, block at the right moment, you'll deflect, uh, you'll deflect projectiles back at whatever shot at you and you'll, uh, you know, de deflect physical attacks back at whatever attacked you. Um, and then it becomes just about kind of, you know, clearing the screens and trying to work your way towards the goal. So it's really simplistic in that, in that sense, but, uh, the simplistic gameplay kind of combines with, uh, with enough variety in the weapons, you, get, uh -huh. you know, ha hammer machete, uh, like a, like a musket that'll do like a shotgun kind of thing. Uh, uh, machine gun, you know, just you know stuff like that. They, you, know, you can upgrade it by picking up you know different items throughout. You can pick up little heirlooms of the old world too. So when you bring it back to the camp, um, you know any survivor, any survivors that you find, you can you can show them these you know these heirlooms of the of the former world, and it'll give story details about uh, about uh, what happened before, and uh, okay. it'll also kind of you know open up open up new uh, weapon and. Uh, uh, liquor upgrades as well because you can assign different liquors to different slots and it'll give you different different latent abilities. Okay, yeah, I I had read about this online after you posted about it, so mm -hmm. yeah, oh, it's it's so good. I'm not sure. I, mm. The heartbreaking part is I don't think that it's available on on PSN. It is not, but it is available on Windows. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be going on sale this week too. Uh, I would keep an eye on that on Steam. Okay. Um, because because it definitely is worth the play. I think I'm about halfway through it right now. Yeah. Um, I got it. I got it on sale on on, on Xbox Live. But by far, uh, my favorite thing about it is uh, is the music. Yeah. Yeah. I no, saw it's... the I saw the link that you shared of the the one song. Yeah, and I almost I almost feel bad putting it in the episode. Like the the episode music can't be anything else. Just because of how amazing it is, but the level where where that comes in is kind of one of those like, uh, hmm, what am I thinking of? I mean, the, the the closest thing I can think to compare it to is like in 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 Braid. Once you uh, once you figure out some some the music that's associated with, uh, I believe it's like the third level, where you where you figure out how to, uh, um, like certain items are not susceptible to the flow of time. You okay, know? that that's what it feels like to me. And Braid was just another one of those, you know, independent games that had an amazing soundtrack, you know? So yeah, it's a uh, very intimate stuff. Um, I'll probably put a link to it in, uh, in the iTunes now too. Um, so, uh, so you can go and purchase it because it's really cool. The soundtrack <laughs> is. Do you, do you have, I mean, you mentioned that's available on windows. Do you, do you intend to check it out? I don't know. You don't um, know? it's probably not at the top of my list of things to get or try, mm -hmm. but yeah. No, it was, it, it was part of the summer of arcade last year. I, I I got a couple of those games when they were on sale over the uh, over the uh, holidays. Well, a couple meaning literally to Bastion and uh, insanely twisted Shadow Planet. Um, but I intend to check those out in turn. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. And any uh, any further thoughts on that, Ben? Uh, no, it seems like you've been productive though. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm happy that you got to play and beat Uncharted Two. That's a it's a nice game. It's a nice mm -hmm. milestone of a game. Yeah. So, yeah, mm -hmm. a big. Uh, it was. It was. It was a big. Uh, it was a big gap in my. Uh, my. In my notable games history. Yeah, yeah, and so now, yeah, I guess you have a PS3 now too, so you can pretty much play any any famous game that has come out in the last four or five years. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, as far as what I have, I have a far inferior collection uh, to yours. <laughs> I've played a little bit of Super Meat Boy since uh, we last spoke, but just the same problems that I always have where I'll just get frustrated with a level and want to quit, quit, and so the progress in that game is very, very slow. Yeah. And there's no rewards, too. It's, uh, you know, you beat a level, you're like, okay, I did that. <laughs> Let's go on to the next level. I guess. I guess the point is, I derive no enjoyment from beating any of those levels. Like, hmm. so the it's, dopamine is not there. It's fun. It's funny when you say when you say that there's no reward because if you collect enough uh, enough bandages, you can buy extra characters and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And you have it on PC too, so there are there are a bunch of extra characters. Yeah. And they each have their own uh, their own different abilities, so they can actually make certain. Uh, certain levels easier. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I'll try and do that. Yeah. But yeah, 
that's a good game. I picked that up again a couple couple of weeks ago, but uh, I've 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 hit my wall. Um, <laughs> I guess it's, I guess with with that game, it's really just a matter of where you hit your personal uh, your personal point of no return. Yeah. I think I think I've hit that wall. The only thing that I've redeemed it this last week is uh, I showed it to a couple of friends and showing them the the feature where it shows all the meats die at the end of the level, <laughs> and that was pretty entertaining. But but yeah, there's a. I need to put this on to I need I need to check and see if this is available um, because there's a game that is very similar called Dust Force. Okay. Um, yeah, it's from Indie Pub. Let's see here. You see if it's available on Mac because I kind of want it. Um, it's a it's a platformer that's very similar to that, except mm-hmm. you play as a team of cleaners um, running through these buildings, uh-huh. and uh, um, there are certain surfaces that are marked as being dusty, so you have to uh, run over them and you know do the jumping and the sliding and everything. So think like uh, think think like Super Meat Boy, where every surface that you run across is covered in blood because you're you know you're just a, you're a meat man. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of that, it's cleaning the surface. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so nice. it's doing that, and then it rates you on how well you did, and uh, nice. you know you have to do that. It's, it's it's called Dust Wars. I'm looking at it right now, but I'm not I'm not certain if it's um blah. I'd like to play it if it's on Mac, but I heard about it on another podcast, and it it, it intrigued me. Um, what else have you been playing? Uh, that's about it. I've been playing some Modern Warfare Three, just the co-op sort of thing, but yeah. Outside of that, it's been a uh, mostly work week, unfortunately. That's fair. So, and plus, it's a barren season right now. There's not a lot of games out. I'm I've been debating whether or not to pick up Skyrim, and on the one side, I think, oh yeah, that might be fun. On the other side, it's like I don't want to spend a hundred hours doing that. <laughs> you don't have to spend a hundred hours. Yeah, it's been you could spend forty. Yeah, I mean, that's not much better, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I figured Skyrim would be a good value for you. You know, you, you like the fallout stuff and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's sure. a game that you're, you know, that, that you're assuredly going to play. It's just a matter of determining if it fits into your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, are you warming up to uh to modern warfare three? I mean, I assume that at this point you're playing uh multiplayer. Uh, no, still just doing the spec ops and the, uh, wave resistance co-op. Okay. So, but I mean, I played the wave resistance co-op on uh, some of the harder level difficulties. It's a lot of. I mean, it's fun, um, and it, it's a, uh, it's quite a, a frightening pace almost. You know, like you have to. It gets pretty stressful because they throw a lot of uh, big challenges your way early on, and so it's kind of difficult to get to the higher up waves. So for so for you know maybe a, a, a an example that that you can kind of know what I'm talking about. On the easiest level, I've gotten to level, say, like 33, 36 by myself. Okay. On this level, by myself, I could get to about level 10, level 12, oh, wow. something like that. Because they start, like, uh, juggernauts, for example. They throw juggernauts at you, which you have to shoot them a lot of times in the head before they die. Um, they start throwing those guys at you level 8, probably. You know, like they, So they start doing that pretty early on. Um, so for the first time I'd, I had been playing this, uh, one of the difficult levels with another person, like a friend in the same room. And it was a lot easier to coordinate things and, uh, kind of set plans up. So it was a lot of fun, but, uh, but yeah. How, how do they, um, justify juggernauts narratively or is it just, you know, like, Hey, this is cool. I, you know, like as far as the wave resistance goes, I don't think they justify any of it narratively because it, <laughs> it's just, yeah, we're gonna throw things at you, try and kill them all. Do like, they, uh, they pop up in the campaign? Um, some of them do, most of them do, most all of them do. Uh, I guess this is a spoiler alert. So if you haven't played Modern Warfare Three, just skip over this for the next thirty seconds. But uh, in the last level of the game. You get. Do you want to know this, Cole? It's not that big of a deal. I don't intend to play it, so that's fine. In the last level of the game, you dress up like a juggernaut and like walk towards a like a hotel and just shoot up the entire place. But I mean, so that's a nice feeling of uh, of power. So I guess that fits into the narrative. But uh, 
so they decided to mimic the worst part of Bioshock. Yeah, that yeah that or <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Okay. Or it's like it's almost like the uh, the airport level because you're killing all these people who are I guess is. I guess technically they're his lackeys or whatever, but it's like at a hotel where all these civilians are. So, yeah. Huh. That game really... Uh, they they have not had a good single-player storyline since Modern Warfare 2. That was that was where the ship sailed. But, but, but there's going to be Black Ops 2 this year. Oh, yeah? That, that, that's what everybody's saying. Okay. Blops 2. Yep. Well, the bl- splasher. Bl- <laughs> the splasher. You said the splasher. The splashback. Oh, blops okay. Too. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you say blops, I just I just associate that with the sound that makes when you when you know you drop a turd into a toilet. <laughs> yeah. Blop. Yeah. I picture like a I picture like a big carp flopping out of the water and just kind of like going back in. That's okay. uh, that's my it's 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 a very it's a very aquatic sound. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Huh. So uh when you when you're playing when you're playing the wave defense, are you playing that with uh with buddies or are you playing that online with people with uh with I typically try to. When you when you play it online or when you know, even with a friend or without a friend, it's pretty difficult because you have to coordinate and so it's a lot easier I find to just invite someone over and play next to the person because mm-hmm. then you can just say, Hey, go here, hey do this. Yeah. So hmm. something about being next to the person makes it a lot easier. I think Sting but. sung about that. Yeah, what <laughs> next to you? <laughs> oh man, get Skyrim. Skyrim. Really? Uh, Skyrim and Dark Souls. Yeah, I need to beat that. I need to. I need to beat that. But that's uh, that's that's behind Zelda and the uh, and the great uh, and the great uh, backlog crusade. So it's not going to be for uh, it's not going to be for a minute. I just wish there was a nice game out right now, just <laughs> as good as Arkham City too. Well, or, or just Arkham City. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be picking up, you know, Mass Effect, aren't you? Sure. Okay. All right. I just wanted to, wanted to make sure we were all on the same page there. We need, yeah. Oh gosh, De- I don't Dennis. Want to break your heart. <laughs> Dennis lost his copy of Mass Effect too, so he's never beaten it. Really? Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. No, it was it was lost when uh, when his house was broken into. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. Hmm, huh. That's a shame. Yeah. Hmm. Have you? Uh, I was going to say one thing we could talk about. I, I, I think we mentioned this maybe briefly a couple of weeks ago, but the uh, the new Alan Wake game. What do you think of it? Um, I think that it it could, it could definitely succeed. Um, yeah. I, I read a I read a piece about it in uh, Game Informer today. Okay. Um, a little bit earlier today, it's in the it's in the new issue. Um, I think that it looks good. I I liked the the, the mechanics in Alan Wake a lot. I thought mm-hmm. that the shooting was was really good. I mean, what do you think? Uh, it it seems interesting. They uh, they're implementing a new mode. I mean, every game is doing this, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, a survival mode. Uh, big surprise. But it's uh, the cool twist with the Alan Wake is that uh, you're waiting for sunrise, and mm-hmm. so it's like a wave defense as you're waiting for sunrise. And so there's actually an end in sight. So eventually, if you make it long enough, the sun rises, and then all the enemies. I guess die or just don't come near you because it's daylight. Uh-huh. So, but I read a review on that and talking about how gripping it was, you know, trying to how you defend waves for the first, you know, five minutes and then you spend the last three minutes just running away from people <laughs> trying to make it to the, the sun, sun up. So, Hey, that's part of the tactic. I mean, I assume they built it in. Yeah. <laughs> so it can't, and- can't really be an exploit. And the story sounds pretty interesting too. Where it's uh, he's trying to stop a serial killer from killing his wife, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's something that was alluded to in the story of uh, of, of Alan Wake, like the whole. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the 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 whole Mister Scratch thing. Yeah, where'd um, that come from? It's just the idea that the darkness created a, uh, you know, he he was lost in kind of the Black Lodge, and the darkness kind of created a. Uh, a doppelganger of him called Mr. Scratch that is, uh, that is manifested in the real world while he's, uh, while he is kind of like lost in, uh, in night Springs. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I like that idea. And I like the idea of like these big, you know, full, uh, full featured retail games being kind of converted into, um, into these not one-off that's, that's a weird way to say it. Um, into these, 
arcade games, you know, for Xbox or for, yeah. you know, PSN. It's kind of like if, you know, maybe they decided to take, okay, the multiplayer in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is incredibly popular, but we don't make a lot of money off of it now because, you know, just selling it to people, you know, most people are buying it used now anyway. What if we took just the multiplayer component of Modern Warfare 2 and sold it by itself for $20 on PSN mm-hmm. or on, you know, Xbox or just in, in, in any of these areas and just kind of like remarket that, maybe put a couple new map packs in and said, hey, if you're going to be playing Modern Warfare 2 on these systems, buy it here and you'll have the definitive version and we'll support it, you know, for X number of years and you'll be fine. Um, you know, and just, uh, this is where all the matchmaking is going to happen. What I'm describing is then railroading consumers into rebuying the, the same game twice, which is not what we want to do, but, uh, it's kind of similar to MMOs going free to play. Yeah. Like, wow. Doing the first 20 levels for free and EverQuest two, getting three times as many users after they went free to play. Um, and on down the line. Um, I like that. And I think that it's good for Alan Wake, especially, um, just because it didn't, succeed as much as it could have in retail and they can probably get more uh bang for their buck by doing a scale back experience on xbox live where most of it's going to be profit yeah yeah kind of bummed that there's not a lot of story to it though that yeah. was my favorite part especially since yeah i was gonna say especially <laughs> since that's a central element to the game yeah yeah they just need to have as good you know if they have licensed music just make it as good as the licensed music that was in the first one yeah yeah they had a goddamn poe song on there they had a Poe song <laughs> that made me all kinds of happy. It was a House of Leaves reference too, which was good. I did like how they would end every chapter with a song too, mm-hmm. and it, it fit. Nice. It was it was it was yeah. thematically appropriate. Yeah, yeah. And that last song, oh boy. Yep. Oh boy. Yep. yep. Um. Yep. So I think we're done. Yeah, I'm done. So uh, that was episode number 143 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. We'll be back again next week with uh, with hopefully a more a more full cast. Hope you like this uh, nice little uh, intimate version of the show, though. Uh, what you can do in the meantime, you can go to duckfeed.tv and check out more information about the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating or or a review. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook too. We have the we have the page on there where you can. Uh, contribute to the discussion. Um, that is facebook.com slash don't tree riddle. And uh, just in general, tell your friends. If you like video games and you have friends who like video video games, just say, hey, don't don't listen to those other video game podcasts. Listen to these guys. They're good. <laughs> so um, I think that is all. So thank you so much, Ben. Yep. 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 This has been Cole Ross. Ben Merkel. And uh, we'll check you next week.